0: Hey m uh, we are, we're dragging a little bit today, I don't know why, um, we're uh, needing some, we were talking about needing some coffee, um, we work together, obviously, and uh, each quarter we get, I don't know, a certain amount of money to spend on morale functions, and most of the time we end up spending it on food, because... Mm-hmm. Duh <laughs> um, This time Oh go ahead If you're from the
1: Fairbanks area Shogun specifically is usually what we spend it on True yeah Because also duh mm-hmm. um. For those of you who are not in Fairbanks <laughs> It's a hibachi, hibachi grill, grill restaurant mm. Super good super good. So
0: good, good. Ugh, The noodles <laughs> Yum yum sauce mm, So good um, But we panicked this last quarter Because we were like oh no we Because we only have like a certain number of days to use it and uh, it was literally the last day that we could use it. It was actually a weekend. Mm-hmm. We were at our company picnic, and I looked at Trina, and I was like, oh, did you ever get anything for the morale fun? And she's like, oh, today's the last day. I wonder if Sunrise is open. And she just, like, ran to Sunrise Bagel and Espresso, which is a coffee hut, which those of you who are not from around here, it's basically just, l- like, tiny huts or, like, little, you know, Buildings that are in like parking lots or whatever, and they're just drive-through coffee, coffee places. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing ever, and they don't have them anywhere else. And I don't know why. Um, but so she did get one. She was able to get one, and we've used it. I think a total of like three or four times. Yeah. Maybe so far. I'm surprised that we still have money on it. Honestly. I am too. Yeah. But it just it's like it hasn't run it's out. It's the yet. best. Yeah. It's yeah. So <laughs> So I think
1: we've decided we have to alternate between the two. Buy right. Shogun, have a huge lunch, or buy a coffee card
0: and have like several mm-hmm. rounds mm-hmm. of, because that coffee. is nice, yeah. Because it it really does keep on giving. <laughs> <laughs> she did not lie. <laughs> it helps with our uh, morale not just once but <laughs> multiple times. Multiple yeah, <laughs> times. <laughs> that's so funny.
1: Um, but it was funny because last time that we went Denise she like comes back and she's like Nicole made my Nicole was there Nicole was working at the hut she made my coffee and um you were like super giddy and like yeah smiling because Nicole as you'll know her throughout the this episode um is somebody who we interviewed and she was like super hyped about seeing denise and like talking about the the podcast and how excited she was for this episode to release and then a friend was also in there right
0: yeah so there's two other girls in there and she um she said that not only had she introduced it to the one but she was like in the middle of introducing it to the other girl and she was like hey this is denise you know she's uh one of the uh hosts of mental maintenance the podcast I did you should check them out like she's our hype girl I swear (laughs) her and Ashley both have been great with letting people know that they came on um and uh, she said one of the other girls that works there uh actually heard Kelly's episode and after listening to her episode decided that she needed to get a handle on her own anxiety and went and got help I don't know if, in what way mm-hmm. but decided that it was time for her to do the same thing which I died <laughs> I was like it she literally like... died <laughs> <laughs> I like tried to keep it low key I was so stoked though I came back and I was just like that's exactly what we're trying to do mm-hmm. like I'm props to you Nicole yeah. thank you so much it is super cool because and
1: that, I mean that was awesome and then I think somebody had reached out to me, I think maybe after Kelly's episode two, and said, like, this is a really cool thing. It made me think about going back to therapy. Like, I should go back.
0: I think that was Bryce. Didn't you say it was Bryce's episode? Maybe. I think you said it was Bryce's episode. One of the three. One (laughs) of the
1: three. (laughs) But it's just cool. It's like, I don't know. Sometimes I I think we're like, while we're recording, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But then hearing how it's actually affecting people in real time is actually like i don't even know how so to describe amazing. it yeah, yeah. no yeah. better high
0: like mm-hmm. it's it's been really really cool that's something that we've done that's you know only been out you know a month and a half mm-hmm. yeah um has already affected people in the way that we've wanted to that's really awesome yeah
1: you guys are gonna you guys are going to die after this episode it's it's amazing um Ashley and Nicole get super raw and just real and I think we all think we all shed tears
0: yeah 100% yeah Yeah,
1: it was it was amazing um but kind of on the same track we wanted to let you guys know because I don't think we've brought this up publicly yet but we
0: encourage you guys if if you I don't know how do I want to say this Um, If you want to share a story, but you're not necessarily, you know... Down to be interviewed, to have your name out in the world, that's
1: okay. We would love for you guys to reach out and tell your stories by email. Mm -hmm. um, To email us, because our idea is we'd like to share your stories anonymously.
0: Right, yeah. So hopefully, so the idea is that we want to have... um, anyone that's not willing to share it yeah publicly mm-hmm. m- email us privately at mmpodcast one at gmail.com and we will share your story if you think it you know it's something that you know can help somebody um, or you just want it out there you just want to make sure you're not alone uh, email us at mmpodcast one at gmail.com we'll share your story if we know you personally 100% we will never bring this up Mm -hmm. we will never bring this up in front of you in front of other people in fact you you know as soon as you email it to us we will um basically copy the body of the email and uh put it on like a you know a word document or something for us to look at and read but then we will delete the email right afterwards so you don't even have to worry about us remembering who said what Mm -hmm. you can put your a different name in there um, whatever you want to do to feel comfortable um, but also know that if we do know who you are we we're going to keep your secret there's no way that we would ever share that publicly um we're really hoping to get enough put together to do an episode where we're just sharing those stories so please feel free to email us those kinds of things also email us um any six success stories like Nicole's where she had a friend that listened and you know it prompted her friend to you know figure out her own anxiety we would love mm-hmm. to hear those yeah absolutely I was gonna say I want to
1: like open it up to just general feedback and like what you're getting yeah. from this because um definitely motivates us to continue to do what we're doing of course
0: yeah yeah mm-hmm. So and so far we love it, but we we would and we've had a ton of feedback. But we would love even more, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for sure. So we're
1: hoping that as we continue to progress, you guys are seeing the feedback that you're giving us, um, put into play. And I think I I personally think the episodes are are definitely getting um, like production wise. Oh yeah, a little cleaner <laughs> and better, yes. and we're feeling more confident. So. We're hoping that your confidence grows with us as our confidence grows too for sure and with that being
0: said put your seat belts on <laughs> yeah buckle up grab some tissues yeah shit's about to get real it's time for ashley and nicole <laughs> yeah but i mean other than that it's free game yeah. okay yeah, cool.
1: um how do you guys know each other you, Nicole just said that you guys have known each other for a long time, and I didn't even realize that you guys yeah. really... Are our
2: sisters, or is it... I think it's our sisters. Okay, yeah. Our sisters are the same age. Okay. Um,
3: and they both grew up playing soccer together. And then Nicole and I... Did you play for the Cyclones?
2: No. I played for Eclipse. Okay. And then you came over, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we've always just... I haven't seen you since I've been home, though, I don't think. Yeah, I'm a hermit. I stay (laughs) home. But yeah, kind of like family friends, I would say. Mm
0: -hmm. And you said since you've been home, how long, where were you before? How long (sighs) have you been back? We have time. (laughs)
3: Uh, Okay, so I was in North Carolina for, Uh well, I went to a hockey academy in high school. This will probably come up later. Um, and then went to the University of New Hampshire, and then after there, moved to North Carolina for about three years, and then just moved home in October. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. So not too – you haven't been back, been back a year yet? No. no. Okay. Not at all.
3: Yeah. Okay. So I moved back in, like, the coldest time and yeah. everything. So <laughs>
0: Right yep. before winter really <laughs> yeah, sets in. Yeah, literally right before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: You missed the fun. All the fun, yeah. But yeah. this is my first summer home in, like – Seven years, maybe? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: Is it different than you remember, or like exactly the same?
3: Being back in Fairbanks is like so weird because it's like everything is the exact same, but then we're just all like grown up. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so but good. I also feel like I didn't see so many like people for so long because I was gone for so long. So for me, I feel like I'm like playing catch up with everybody while their lives are just, you know, like all the same. Right. Um, but I mean, summers are definitely different now that can go out and have a full-time job and stuff like that but. yeah
2: we're not hiding from the cops when we're out past like <laughs> yeah, <area>. yeah. <laughs> definitely a lot different yeah like, so. So. Downtown, like i should not be doing this right now.
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but it's been good like yeah are you happy to be back or i'm definitely happy to be back like it's definitely bittersweet being back because when i was in north carolina i had my own house and all that stuff so now being back in like my parents house I'm so grateful for it but it's just a huge adjustment like I, I wasn't yeah. even at home in high school so it's just like thrown back and yeah but I'm happy
1: yeah. yeah I was just gonna say you said you were gone for like six or seven years mm-hmm. which meant you were gone for a lot of high school right
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so how my high school was set up my sophomore my freshman and sophomore year I was here and then um my junior and senior year, I went to North American Hockey Academy in Vermont, and so I would leave like probably the end of end of August, so I'd be at school for like a week or two, and then um, be in Vermont for up until about May, and then I'd come home for like the last quarter of school, and then be here all summer, and then I did that my senior and sophomore, or senior and junior year, yeah
2: your credits, like, do the schools work with
3: Naha? Yeah, so it's actually, it's an amazing program, so literally all um, I'd have to do is, like, Naha is, like, 40 girls in one house, and it's oh. two teams, Oof. and it's, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so this is where a lot of stuff started, I would say, but um, 40 girls in one house, and all we do is play hockey, and they're from all over the country, and it's, like, a funnel for, like, Division One sports, or, it's just hockey, but we basically live on top of a mountain in an old like ski resort and we don't leave to go anywhere like it's we're just playing hockey our teachers came to us in like this little like trailer outside and so um i'd bring my syllabus from all my classes in north pole and the teachers would kind of just have to like run with it like it was very loose and very like
2: that's crazy. Yeah, and some yeah. teachers
3: were so like relaxed and let like, you do whatever you want. Like I could be like, I'm tired, and they'd be like, Okay, go take a nap. And it was just, it's a lot of like. That's intense. That's that's kind of a lot to put on
0: like a teenager. Oh, yeah, like, to just be like, okay,
3: yeah, here you go. And I'm happy that I didn't go there until my junior year. So like I had like high school friends here at home, and like I knew how what high school was, but they have kids going there. I think they started taking in eighth graders.
0: Wow. Yeah. Holy
3: moly! And you could definitely tell the difference between the girls that were there from like her, their freshmen and then like the girls that would come in a little bit later. Um, but yeah.
0: So they you would only leave to play hockey mm-hmm, during the season.
3: Yeah. Wow. And it was I can't imagine being like stuck. It was an old ski resort. Yeah. And it, like it's a beautiful little town called Stowe, Vermont. And like It's super fun. Like you're living with forty girls, but then you're also living living with with forty girls that are all in high school, going through so many things. And we're playing hockey for like five hours a day, and then going to school right afterwards. And then, but all within like the same house. So, and then we'd leave for the weekends. And I mean, it's the most amazing academy. Like, but it's not really an academy. Like, it's just the teens there. And, but you're leaving, like, either, like, Wednesday or Thursday and driving 12 hours to whatever tournament and then coming back Sunday night and then doing it all over again every single weekend and, like...
2: I feel like that alone would be too much. Like, just right? one yeah. day through Sunday, yeah. like, being with a team, like, I remember yeah. in high school volleyball, I'm like, okay, I have to be with my whole team for two days. Like, I mean, we all got along great, yeah. but it was a matter of, like, okay, who's going to pop off first on one person? Oh, yeah, and <laughs> I mean, it was definitely, like kind of, like, in a
3: little, like, asylum (laughs) a lot of people and, like, I mean, you learn everything, every single thing about, you're with somebody from, if I was with my goalie partner, we'd have goalie practice at 5.30 a.m., so her and I are waking up at 4, eating breakfast together, and then driving to the rink, and then we're at the rink for six hours, and then driving back, we all have lunch, and then we all have classes together, and then after, um, school's done we'd have dinner we'd have dinner and then we would have study hall and then like three hours of like free time and then you're hanging out. You're just with those girls yeah. Yeah. all day every single day and like it's amazing and like so I would say like 95% of the girls get like a full ride scholarship and a majority of them go division one or like division three. You went division
2: one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: And so and like every single weekend you're at a showcase tournament, like, playing the best girls, and, but it's definitely, it makes you grow up really fast. Yeah. Know, really fast.
1: And Nicole, you were very involved in sports, so, I mean, both of you guys were mm-hmm. very Yeah. Yeah.
2: I started soccer, that was a, my first love. <laughs> <laughs> my first love was soccer. Yeah. I started when I was five, and then I would pick, pick up dance. I did that first, actually, but I always ever did dance, that was the only thing I ever did for fun never took it seriously I was like one hour a week to just go relax and then a recital and then that's that Um, and I picked up basketball and then volleyball in high school and I tore my ACL the first time right out of 8th grade and then you were there Mm -hmm. that's right (laughs) I was like wait a second I'm like it's all coming back to me like Ashley was there yeah right out of 8th grade and then They told me just with previous history with my sister that the following summer they didn't really want to clear me to play soccer again they thought I was gonna tear my ACL well lo and behold I've had four knee surgeries three ACL tears so but I always like told myself God gave me that challenge for a reason cuz I'm the one that can handle it like I always ask people I'm like you guys I hear me tell you about my knee and you're like wow that's so intense how do you do it I'm like well cuz God chose me for it like That sounds super religious, and I am, like, pretty religious, but, I mean, at the end of the day, like, the universe or God or whatever you believe in, like, puts that on your path for a reason, and taking it with strides, (laughs) but, like, definitely, it's never stopped me, so after, like, high school, I got my last, not my last knee surgery, got my ACL fixed, and then kind of just got into, like, um, I tried to get into, like, weightlifting, I was like, meh. Don't know how I feel about this. And then I really got into it, like, I, probably a year after I graduated because I was, like, I am so bored all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. I, what am I doing? Like, a whole year of no sports. Like, whoa, that was really weird. Yeah. But volleyball ended up being my, the thing I was loved in high school. But then I with my knee issues. Yeah. I was never going to see a college sport. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it yeah. was, like, and honestly, like, I, if I ever have kids, I want to be able to play with, like, my grandkids. Right, and, yeah. And if I kept up with the way I was at it, and even now, like, I have arthritis, so it's like, I will, I didn't just have to take a chill pill on yeah. the sports and not even think about college sports for me, so. Yeah. yeah. Which was sad. I wanted to no. play, like, college soccer was always, like, a goal of mine, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, that is not what my path was, so yeah. Yeah,
0: that's how
2: that ended up. My
0: husband struggles with that too. He he plays hockey, mm-hmm. um, and he was I don't I'm not gonna like I don't I didn't know anything about hockey before uh-huh. I met him, so <laughs> I'm not from here. <laughs> um, uh, but he did. I mean, he's really good. He did mm-hmm. amazing. He's like you know top scorer in men's league. You yeah, know? yeah. But yeah. like he's had like six concussions oh, yeah. and like you know it's a brutal he, sport. Yeah. He played on the. Uh, the Arctic lions mm-hmm. for a while and um, ended up not being able to afford it. So he couldn't move forward. But even now he's mm-hmm. like, man, I am, his, his body is just messed up oh, from yeah. so many years of hockey yeah. and not wearing the equipment correctly yeah. and skating with your head down. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really tough. Like I, I, I can't relate because I don't have like a sport that I uh was into and like couldn't continue or anything like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, was on track because I had to be involved in something. Um, but to hear people talk about like not being able to do the thing that they really mm-hmm. loved, I mean, you can hear like kind of the heartbreak in your voice when you talk about it. Cause like even though it's okay and you're, yeah. you're cool with it, like everything's good, like it's still kind of like this weird, like yeah. lost thing that you don't have yeah. anymore. And I hear it every time he talks about like, not being able to do as much in hockey as he wishes, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm.
3: And, I mean, even, like, my whole life, Division One was the goal, the full-on goal. And even getting there, and then once you're done with it, it's just, like, you don't know really what to do. Because that is how you find your identity. Like, Oh, as a
2: kid, I totally agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean,
3: for me, I was always Ashley Wilkes, the goalie. from Fairbanks like (laughs) that's how I would like people would ask me like what do you do I'd be like I play hockey like right and like that's the end yeah and so like when I and during college at UNH I was so excited for I was so burnt out and I was so excited (laughs) for it to be done and I was like oh my gosh I can't wait to like be able to work out the way I want to run all the time and like do dance classes like Zumba like I don't know (laughs) (laughs) and I was so excited and then like it happened and all of a sudden, like, I'm just like, wait, like, what is my personality? Like, who am I? And it was just like, I don't know, going from, like, being, like, that's your world to all of a sudden, like, you're in the real world, and now, like, you don't have a schedule. You don't have people telling you what to do. Like, yeah. everything's on you now, essentially, you know? That was, yeah. like, the hardest part
2: for me. Mine was a little different, because getting a... When I tore my seal the first time, and then having to be told like you know like realistically like you're not going to be playing soccer again yeah like I didn't know that was going to happen so like I worked really hard for like a whole year to get up to the point where I needed to be to play soccer again and then just to be told like you know like be let's be realistic like your sister has had five knee surgeries three ACL tears like you just tore yours like Mm -hmm. your chances are really high and I mean, sure as shit, I got cleared to play, and I tore my ACL three months later playing volleyball. (laughs) So, like, I mean, he wasn't wrong. (laughs) Yeah. But also I was kind of, like, forced to, like, think, okay, like, what is my future now going to be? Yeah. And I was 14. So, like, because my whole life I was like, oh, I'm just going to go play college soccer. That's what I'm going to do. Like, I don't care if it's D3, if it's D1, if it's, like, whatever it is. Like, that's what I wanted to do. So at 14 I was like. Now what am I going to do? Yeah. Plans have <laughs> changed. I'm, 20, <laughs> I'm 24. What am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I can definitely. I can relate to that too because I was like 16 when I stopped figure skating, you know, and when I look back, I don't think in the moment I really realized it, but when I look back, that's when I started having anxiety and that's when I started mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the first time I got depressed and it was like oh Mm -hmm. well duh because from the ages like seven to 16 like I had a schedule and Mm -hmm. people knew me Mm -hmm. as Jordan the girl who figure skates like and so to not have that was just I don't think sometimes I I don't know that I really realized it in the moment but Mm -hmm. it was like
0: oh yeah I think an identity crisis right yeah
1: yeah definitely um which like you were saying like I think is in itself is kind of, kind of a gift from God because mm-hmm. I have been able to overcome a lot of things. And like, um, I just went to a conference in Indiana and one of the s- keynote speakers had said, you know, if you find yourself in a valley right now, understand that it's, you're there because you need to get strong enough to climb the mountain. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, and so I was like, oh yeah. So it's was like, <laughs> it all had to happen, you know, yeah. but, yeah. um, so I'm curious because both, I mean, both of you guys were so involved in sports and whatnot. And um, for those listening, the last few episodes that we've done, Denise and I have reached out to them, but you guys were the first people who really reached out to us mm-hmm. and said, we want to share our stories. Um, being around body image mm-hmm. and eating disorders, uh, body dysmorphia, mm-hmm. is that I say that right? Mm-hmm. So um, do you guys think that the sports and the you know physical involvement that you had throughout your life kind of brought you towards those things, or
2: yeah, mine not so much. Mine's more family ones. So if yours is more sports related. <laughs> I <Yeah>. Yours is. <laughs> yep. and you take that one.
3: All right. Um. So I played hockey, and I was a goalie. Well, let me start from the beginning. Um, my family has um always been super involved in sports, but my parents have never ever put any pressure on me at all i don't I can only think of one game that they ever like critiqued me, and that was because I just showed up and didn't want to be there <laughs> and, um, but being a goalie, like you're on a team with like fourteen to twenty girls, but you're essentially on your own team I've never thought about that yeah and I mean if you read into like and I'm so glad that it's coming out now and I wish that I had it when I was growing up um so many sports psychologists are focusing on like goalie like mentality um and so many goalies do end up having extreme depression and like the suicide rates are high and in, in NHL players like a lot of goalies do end up Taking their own life, and um, you know, I get kind of emotional talking about it because I didn't realize what it was when I was in it. But like I was saying, you're on a team with so many girls, but you're you're on your own team. Yeah. I mean, you may have like a a goalie partner um, who you're essentially in competition with right. within yeah. your own team. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, even as forwards and stuff, you're in competition with your other players, but you're usually still getting ice time, mm-hmm. you know. But A goalie there can only be one goalie in the net right and so that goalie partner may be your best friend but she's also you know your highest competition and so and every game is just your stress like that's the nature of the position and like that's what makes goalies good yeah is if you can if you are anxious you know my my uh father-in-law
0: is a goalie Mm -hmm. and he's always told uh my husband and his other sons, like goalie, is ninety percent mental, ten 10% yeah, percent physical. A hundred percent, and
3: yeah. um, it's a very isolating position, mm-hmm. and it's a very high stress and high pressure. And you know, you kind of always have to be doing the extra thing to be better than your competition. And it's just, it's crazy. Like you can have the best game of your life, you can be making like fifty saves, which is unreal. But one bad bounce, it's a goal. Yeah, and you know a lot of people don't understand goalies, and they just see you know like it was a three-one loss. You know that goalie sucks. Right. When in re- reality they had fifty saves. Like, right. Yeah. You know, or you know you your team can be playing amazing, but if you're not on your game and you get one shot, like you know just the game's yeah. thrown. And so, it's a very isolating position, and I think my mentality, I think. I still would have had my problems and like my struggles, regardless of what sport I decided to play. I think you're predisposed to like, you know, anxiety and depression and eating, eating disorders. disorders. Yeah. I think whatever I would have done, I still would have put the same amount of pressure on myself. And my mom asked me all the time, like when she found out about everything, she was like, I'm so sorry, like we put you into hockey. Like, no, I put myself into hockey. I chose it because (laughs) you guys didn't know what hockey was. Right. um, I decided I wanted to be a goalie because I was little and I wanted the attention. And that's what I got. Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) that's what I got. And um, I think it definitely brought out, like, my bad habits and stuff like that and, like, made it to, like, brought it to light, essentially. Yeah.
2: You're already being isolated as a goalie, and eating disorders feel very isolated Mm -hmm, to begin mm -hmm. with. So, like, yeah, you already are in the mindset to be isolated. I guess exactly,
3: and like, so it really, and then going to an academy where you're basically even more your, your own parent. Yeah, and so for me, I took that as like the opportunity to start pushing myself and start doing the extra thing. And in my head, I had like no negative like. It wasn't to get skinnier or anything like that. For me, it was all about my competition. And so it definitely did bring it out. But I do think whatever I would have done, I still would have been like...
0: It would have come out in some way. It would have come out in
3: some way, maybe not as extreme and in like the way that it came out. And like, you know, maybe some factors would be different, but I think it's also like my personality, like super hard on myself and just anxious, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I definitely do think, though, like sports did bring it out. And so when did
0: it start? And is it what um, what is it specifically? Yeah.
3: Like, what did you. So I have been clinically diagnosed with um, different stages with anorexia and bulimia. And so it probably. Now that I can like look back on it, it started when I was little.
2: Same. Yep. Yep.
3: Um, I how, remember. How little? Like My first time ever remembering anything, It's kind of like a gross story, but <laughs> I was in. We're first, okay with gross stories. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like, it's not funny, but like I like to make light of everything, but I was in first grade and I was a weird little kid and I like had my fingers in my mouth, and I like, you know, touched like my throat And I like gagged, and I was like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" Yeah. Yeah. And then I like did it again, and like I automatically just like threw up, and I was just like, "Oh, cool, that's (laughs) what that does." Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I was like, "Whoa, that's like, I didn't know my body could do that." And like three months later, I wanted to get out of class, and so Mm. I went to the bathroom, and I like, I like remembered, and I was like, "Oh yeah, like
4: this is my way out. Like
3: I can do it," and I did it. But then. And I didn't like throw up anything, so I didn't get out of class. <laughs> uh, um, so was it wasn't really? Yeah. It. But I would say it started my obsession with nutrition started my eighth grade year. My dad had a heart attack, and mm-hmm. um, we I remember were that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We were always just like an average family. Like we didn't eat terrible, we didn't eat great. Like right, you know, we were always somewhere in in sports. between. Yeah, yeah, like. We didn't really? pass up any meals, but, like, mm-hmm. we were just normal, and, um, he actually had his heart attack during, um, the Midnight Sun Run. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, it was the summer in between 7th and 8th grade, and, um, I remember getting a call. I was spending the night at, like, one of my friends' houses, and that my dad was in the hospital, and I was like, uh-huh, like, that's funny. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a bad prank call. Right. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> then going to go see him and I remember just being pissed like I was mad and I mean I was in- you were
2: mad even like because I remember you coming to soccer practice like the, you, day, the of. day of was mm-hmm. it yeah. yeah and you were great right. like you were mad like yeah. I was you could tell you were like no one really knew what was going on and then at one point you were just like well my dad had a heart attack and like you just you were not happy, and yeah. then you, guys let you left, and everyone was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. I walked into the room. Why and
0: mad? Why were you mad?
3: Because in my eighth grade brain, like, I was mean in middle school, <laughs> and I just wasn't a happy person in middle school. And my eighth grade brain, seeing my dad there, like, I think he just had his bypass, and so he was, I think, knocked out. But I see my, like, sister sitting in the corner, and I see my mom and I see, I hadn't been with them for the whole, I just got there, like it was like 10 a.m. He had it at like midnight or something. So they'd been there like the whole time. And I just see them like distraught. And so I don't know why that was my reaction was to get mad right away, but I like walked in and I saw them crying and I like said, hey. And then I like turned to my friend's mom and I was like, all right, I have soccer practice. Like, let's go. Wow. Yeah, and, like, that was just my reaction, and I didn't come home for, like, a week after that, because I was just, like, I just didn't want to, like, face it, and I didn't know how Mm -hmm. to process it, Mm -hmm. and so my, this is one of my, like, most vivid memories was, and I was just mad, like, I was, like, to me in my head, I was, like, I didn't understand really what a a heart attack was.
0: Were you mad at him? Yeah. Okay. I was mad at him, and, um... Maybe for not taking care of himself, yeah. or yeah, so even though that probably mm-hmm. wasn't totally the yeah. reason. It just, yeah. in your mind, it was like, that's exactly it was what his I was thinking. Fault. Yeah. yeah. And I was
3: just like, you know, like, or like,
0: how dare you put me in this position?
1: Exactly. Like, yeah. it was just more like, figure. how
3: dare you put our family in this position? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't like. I don't know how to deal with this, so, like, it's your fault. Mm -hmm. And I didn't come home for, like, a week. And then I remember my sister, when I did come home, she – I think my dad was home at this point, and he was never, like, overweight either. Like, he's, like, 6'4", and, like, he was a little bit bigger than he is now, but, like, you know. And um, I come home, and she is in our cupboards. She has trash bags and trash bags out, and she's crying. And she's about four years older than me. And so she's crying and she's just pulling the shit out of like our cabinet, you know, like all the chips and the crackers and stuff. And I just remember like watching her and I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, we're getting the shit out of the house. I was just like, no, like I I, I was like like, pissed that we had to like change our whole diet that summer. Right. And I was so resistant to it. Like I just go to my friend's house and I'm like, oh my gosh, we haven't, we don't have chips. Like, do you have any? Like I was like fiending for it. Um, but he ended up losing a bunch of weight that summer and has been great ever since. And now, like the Midnight Sun Run, like means a lot to my family. Of course, and like, yeah. but that was my first like change of nutrition and like my first time being mad at food, mm-hmm. I guess. And then um, when hockey started getting serious in high school, that's when I started like using food as I started changing my diet and I started getting into the gym more and I started weightlifting and I started seeing like changes and stuff like, and I just started a little
2: inspiration for like Fairbanks. Yeah. Like you were a little like Fairbanks instead famous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. And I
3: just like ran with it and I didn't have any ill intentions. Like I really, I genuinely loved it, but then going to Naha, but then I started cutting food out and I started becoming super obsessed with every single thing I put in my mouth. But I took yeah. pride in that. Yeah. And um then when I went to Naha, like we had amazing cooks, like well balanced like dinners and stuff. But I also, once again, trying to be in competition with myself essentially, I started making my own food. I wouldn't eat what they ate, like and just had hours and hours to work out by myself and start studying like nutrition. Like I had knowledge that no high schooler should have, you know. And I was getting my, like, nutrition information off bodybuilding.com. So it was, like, have a piece of chicken and half a cup of rice. You know, like, it was just, it was so So, cookie cutter. But, like, in my brain, I was just, like, this is it. Like, And I just took pride in being different.
2: Being in control. Being in control. And
3: just, like, I never, ever looked down on anybody else for, like, there's stuff like I envied them that they could sit around and just chill but I also was like that doesn't apply to me like I have to be doing something all the time and so it started essentially in eighth grade but peaked my junior year of high school or started my junior year of high school and then a little bit into the season I started growing up after and I like didn't know why I was doing it and I would do it just randomly and I'd feel so guilty afterwards but then it just started going and going and going and I didn't get confronted about it until my senior year of high school it was almost the end of the season and um some of the girls like came to my room and they're like hey dude like we know what you're doing I was like what and um I <laughs> yeah I was like what are you talking about they're like no one goes to the bathroom after every Meal and runs the sink for 20 minutes. Like they're like, come on. And I was remember like looking at them and like not even feeling like ashamed or anything. And I was like, okay, like. And I was so like involved with it at this point. I was just like, okay, like what are you guys gonna do? Big deal, yeah, yeah. Yeah, And they're like, we've told the coaches. And then that's when I started freaking out because I was like, oh my god, playing time. (laughs) And so they were like, we told the coaches. uh, They're gonna call your mom and tell her and that's when I started freaking I was like oh my god no and I had one one of my best friends was like crying and you know like telling me that she cares and she's scared for me but like it just it, wasn't resonating yeah I was just like okay like shut <laughs> up and
0: I've got it under control yeah and so yeah. that
3: whole year I remember I only had like a month left there but I remember every phone call I'd get from my mom I was like oh my god it's gonna be about this, this. Is it? Yeah. and mm-hmm. she never said a word she never said a word. So I came home that summer and going into college, like I thought my parents knew this whole time. They didn't? They didn't. Oh. Holy cow. Yeah. The it, coaches didn't tell them? Or they didn't tell the coaches? They didn't coaches, actually tell the coaches? the coaches. I don't know if the girls didn't tell them, but I do remember after that night, we had um, personal. we had personal trainers. And one of his, his name was Eddie. And his wife came in, and she talked about treating our body right and, like, body image and eating disorders. And, like, all 40 girls were, you know, kind of, like, not wanting to make eye contact with me. But, you know, they were just, like, looking at me to, like, see my reaction. Are you listening? Yeah. Yeah, are you listening? Yeah. And so the whole time I thought my parents knew. I thought my parents knew until college when shit hit the fan with all that my freshman year. And so I thought at this whole time, like, like, they know they're just not yeah. saying it. I was like, it's okay, so cool. Like, it's not yeah. that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah, like, everybody's it's okay. just being dramatic. Like, whatever. So, but, yeah, it's not that dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it definitely, everything started my junior year of high school. Just the obsession with yeah. everything. Yeah. And
0: and so that's, like, right when you left. That's right when you yeah. moved away from your family. <laughs> and you probably did feel like you needed that control. Yeah. Uh, because you didn't have your... Parent. I mean, you didn't. Yeah. You were in charge of yourself, essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though you had, you know, people there to that were in charge. Yeah. You know, yeah. You just you needed something to control being yeah. in that situation, which is, yeah. I, I mean, understandable. Yeah. And it's.
3: I mean, it's just a ton of pressure. Trying. All these girls are getting all these. You're getting talked to by coaches, collegiate coaches, and you know just that stress and just I didn't sleep when I was there and I was just, you know, I was just young and homesick and. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world, though. Like, it taught me so much there. Yeah. And Naha is amazing and what they do. They do well. But for me, it was definitely... Triggering. It was triggering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I find it um, kind of interesting because Nicole
1: had said before you had gone, you were, like, I- inspiring mm-hmm. and, like, fitness-wise yeah. and stuff, mm-hmm. which is, I feel, like, kind of ironic because I, that's how we connected, but mm-hmm. it was after the mm-hmm. fact. And I... I can't remember exactly, and if you do, please share it, but I feel like maybe you posted something or you shared something mm-hmm. on Instagram that was super vulnerable mm-hmm. about what you had gone through, and I just remember, like, being, like, oh, my God. <laughs> please keep doing that. Like, that yeah. is amazing. Like, more people need to, like, talk about that yeah. and just being, like, you're basically what we're doing. Like, your yeah. story <laughs> deserves to be told. Like, don't shy away from that, yeah. and... Um, so yeah, I think that, that that was kind of a cool connection.
2: Ashley is the reason why I started going to counseling, or like reached out, or like, wow, I feel really. Like I'm really emotional right <laughs> You're gonna make me emotional. Yeah, I know for sure because I totally knew I had issues. I just never wanted to like face the issue, and then you were like just so open about it during like the National Eating Disorder Awareness Week, like, and it was just like really touching. Ooh, to I me. remember
1: that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it was, like, really
2: touching because I was like, oh, I had a lot of these things that she was saying, like are hitting <laughs> you know, hard. And I was like, damn, like, I need to, like, do something and be active. And, like, there were so many red flags that I had about the body dysmorphia that I just completely – I was going to ignore that. Like, mm-hmm. I was not. And, like, because I was just like, oh, I have really severe body image issues. But then um, at the beginning of this year, sometime in the past year, I pulled up a photo from 2017 when I was, like, starting to get ready to do a competition. Mm-hmm. And in this photo, I'm like 13.9% body fat, Mm -hmm. super low. I hadn't even started the competition, like prepping yet. But when this photo was taken of me, I remember seeing it and not wanting to delete it because I was like, I look horrible. Like, I can't believe like this is what I look like. And I just ripped it apart what I do with almost every photo. And then I saw that photo again. And I was like, holy shit, I looked awesome. Yeah. I was like, and then it dawned on me, I was like, wow, like, a year ago, like, that is not what I thought I looked like. And, like, I mean, I still, I wouldn't say I'm, like, recovered from this. I'm fighting it daily, and I'm making it a very, 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 like, active effort to, like, fight it. But, like, damn. Like, you are definitely the reason, like, why I even, like, acknowledged my issues. Because I was like, I'm going to ignore. But mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like I said, like you were that little fitness inspiration in Fairbanks. Like one time, you came up to me at Planet Fitness and you told me that I look good. <laughs> I <was> like, like, <laughs> went to <laughs> Kara and I was like, oh my gosh, Ashley looks tell me that I look good. Like i do something <laughs> right. Like, you know, and so like, just to see you be really vulnerable made me feel like, wow, like, like I should be vulnerable and like our stories are not like the same. Like I have mm-hmm. the eating disorder tendencies, but heavy into the body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm and yours is like the eating disorder stuff so mm-hmm. I was like wow like if I can just like reach out and show people like this is a real thing and it's like totally normal to live with and I feel like people like I try and like preach an active lifestyle and fitness and like that's kind of like how I want to be associated with now like going back to the identity crisis that mm-hmm. we had like this is how I want to identify and I was like you know like I need to be real and like let people know like I struggle, like, mm-hmm. even though, like, if I'm, like, oh, I don't look good, like, in my head, like, what's really being said, is like, horrible, I'm not looking for the attention, I'm just, like, damn, like, I don't think I look good, and then people are, like, yeah, me either, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then, like, it makes me think, I'm, like, well, if they think they look bad, and then I start comparing. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The comparing is awful, but, yeah, yeah. mine started, and oh so young. I can, like, I remember myself standing on a toilet in my mom's bathroom looking Mm -hmm. at myself in the mirror, and I was, like, seven years old. Yeah. In a bathing suit, because my sisters had just called me fat. Like, as a joke, because we're sisters, and we're mean to each other. Right, right. And that's, like, when that started, and my middle sister is the golden child. My oldest sister definitely had her issues growing up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. she's, like, diagnosed bipolar. She's, like, open about it. Not a big deal, but... So, I feel like my focus for my parents were either on Lindsay or they were on Kara. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I didn't have focus on me. And so, I felt like I was constantly, like, trying to, like, be, like. Compare. Like, compare my sisters. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I'd have Mm -hmm. to be like, well, what am I doing? And then I'm having to, like, I'm like, well, my parents are dealing with them. So, like, I need to control and, like, figure out myself Mm -hmm. for myself. And, like, I, this year is the first time I've actually, like, reached out to my parents and, like talk to them like willingly
4: Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I never
2: had a relationship like I have like we're cool but like man my mom and I like we would fight so hard and like it's just because she has this idea of like life and how she wants me to like live my life and I'm not meeting that expectation and then it falls and then like Weirdly enough, it does go back into, like, the eat my eating habits. I was going to say, though, I could just and see that going right back into, like, it, it does, like, because eating. then I'm, like, trying to gain control over my life that I don't feel like I have control over. and push this back just a little bit. There you go. And then, um, so it's just trying to, like, please people. It's just, and, like, feeling like you have no control and, like, nothing's going on. So then I go home, and I'm like, okay, well, I have control over what I'm about to eat and what's going to mm-hmm. happen and blah, blah. But say, like... I have, like, the eating tendencies, and I would feel like binge eating cycle is the death. (laughs) Like, oh, my God, is is so hard because if I have a bad day, I go home, and, like, the difference between, like, a normal person and me is, like, they can grab all this food and eat it and be like, all right, I'm really full. I can stop. But, like, I physically – like, I can't. Like, I have to continue to just eat and eat and eat until I have, like, fill that void that's, like Mm – never gonna get filled with food yeah.
0: so um do you have when you're when you are like binge eating or mm-hmm. when you have in the past does that give you a feeling of like happiness like um I've heard it described before it is almost like uh an alcoholic or a drug addict like when yeah. they're doing the thing
1: it's I like this like euphoria like a rele- yeah like a release yeah. is
2: happening because like I've and then yeah it's like a release and then immediately afterwards I'm like you feel what the hell did I just do? Mm -hmm. And then I fight the purging tendencies. Like, I don't, I've never actually, like, okay, and you can back me up on this purging is not just throwing up. No, there's exercise purging. Yes. That's news That's to me. So purging isn't just, like, throwing up, and that was something that I had misleading going into counseling six months ago. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was under the impression that it was just throwing up, but Mm -hmm. it's not. It's the exercising I'm doing afterwards. Oh, that makes sense, getting rid of it in whatever way you can. In whatever way I can, yeah. And so, like, if I didn't immediately go to the gym afterwards, like, if I'm not in a a gym cycle, then, you know, I'm thinking for hours, like, should I go throw this up? What should I do? What should I do? And then the next morning I wake up, I go weigh myself. You know, I go do something, I go weigh myself again. Mm -hmm. Then I go analyze in the mirror for, like, 30 minutes. And then, like, I just hate myself all day and I won't eat all day and then the cycle starts, and that's right. how a cycle will start, and then you binge eat, and then you don't eat, and then mm. you binge and then it'll go on for, like, four days at a time, and then I'll, like, get a grasp on it, I'll wake up, and I'll be like, go have breakfast. Right. But then I, like, feel guilty for eating breakfast Yeah. because yeah. I just had that big meal, and it's, like, a fight, but I can proudly say I haven't binged in, like, two and a half weeks, probably. That's awesome. Yeah, it that's feels nice. super good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like I'm, like, in control and that's definitely where my issues stem from is I don't I'm like a raging control freak yeah shocker if anyone knows me <laughs> anyone is like listening they're gonna be like yeah we all knew that. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that but so that's where mine come from is like
0: so was your um childhood
2: very chaotic yeah okay. with my sister being bipolar um you know she had a lot of issues she was when I was really young, she tried to take her own life. When I was in like first grade, I think. Jeez. And so after that, she was only in, I was in second because she was in eighth. Okay. And so that's when like life got real chaotic for everybody after that. And she was just like kind of crazy in high school. And you know, she did her stuff, but you know, I've had my depression phases. And the reason, like, why things have not gone the way they have for me with my depression phases is because of my sister. And, like, I knew what she did. I knew what she did to my family. And, like, I was not going to do that to my family.
0: Well, that was my next question. So you're probably more likely to keep things to yourself. Yeah, it took because... me, about like, 10 years to say anything.
2: Yeah, you don't want to. I just said something to my parents yeah. last
0: month. Because so. it's like I've watched my sister, mm-hmm. you know. hmm take that attention and and cause them so much like pain and grief and whatever yep. and so i just need to keep this to myself. That's exactly how it is. Not. Yeah.
2: And i think that's where the me trying to take on my own responsibilities at like such a young age mm-hmm. is like well they're dealing with Lindsay and mm-hmm. then my other sisters like the golden child so they're just praising her. Right. So like i need to figure out what i need to do. Mm-hmm. And then yeah it's where <laughs> places yeah. in that equation yeah. yeah especially being the youngest and being a su- yeah. pleasant surprise <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you
1: um you said you just told your parents like a month ago, do you feel like you had the com- like what what do you feel like counseling has done for you?
2: feel like it's made me feel like this is okay, and I'm not like, which is so cliche to say, like, oh my mm-hmm. god, but, like counseling. Makes counseling me is like so cliche. <laughs> it's cliche. I cried like the third session, and I was like, wow, I'm crying at counseling. How cliche. Like, oh, I. I ten cried ten first minutes in.
1: Episode. Yeah. yeah I
2: was like, Hello, I'm Jordan. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. First I mean, appointment. Yeah, I'm a Pisces.
2: Yeah. I cry a <laughs> lot. So.
0: But yeah, it's yeah. funny. It's just kind of a given. Like, I'm more excited if I walk out of counseling and I didn't cry that mm-hmm. session. Oh, yeah. right, like, Ready? Right, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> <Or, or, or, laughs> sometimes I've like
1: gone in, like, Jordan, you're going to hold it together today. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, five minutes, I'm like, yep, okay.
3: I can or barely the best even talk. Is when so you're like going and you're like, I remember when I was in North Carolina and I started going. And I would just be like pissed off that I had to go because it was like a 45 minute drive. And I was like, I have nothing to talk about. Like, <laughs> yeah, the whole right. time, I'm just like, I should have just skipped today and, and then like she like so how is so and so and i just be, like oh my god yeah. I'm just, like, I'd be, like where is this coming from
2: like yeah, why am I where is this coming from and. yeah I can talk a lot and when I went to counseling I like for the first two sessions like I just like kind of got everything out and she was like yeah I think there might be some childhood trauma. I was like, I don't know. She's like, No, yeah, <laughs> like, there is. I was like, Oh, okay. okay.
0: I think I think most of the time people hear trauma and they're like, Well, I was, you know, I wasn't abused. I wasn't like kidnapped. Yeah. I wasn't, yeah. you know, no one tried to kill me. Like, they're, what trauma are you talking about? But yeah. I mean, it could be as simple as I, you didn't have the relationship with your parents that you mm-hmm. wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. that's traumatizing for a child. Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah, it is. It's counseling and all the terms that come with it it's I just feel like it's it's so I don't know there's such a stigma on it like (laughs) you know if you're in counseling you must be crazy
1: it sounds so complicated but I feel Mm -hmm. like it's actually very simple
2: Mm -hmm. yeah it's super simple and all anyone ever wants is for someone to listen Mm of course like Mm -hmm. and that's what that person is literally paid to do is yeah
1: and they don't know anything about you until you tell them Mm -hmm. so and
2: they're
3: just so good at listening to your thoughts and then making you listen to your own thoughts
1: yeah having you realize having
3: you so you said this but what you're really like saying is this and you're like oh am I saying that you're you're right (laughs) Right? like they just like they just spin like stuff and give you like a different outlook on stuff and
2: Yeah, so many things I thought were normal, like, not normal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I look at food, and I see numbers, and she's like, okay, and I'm like, you gave me a look, and that's not a normal look, and she's like, well, it's not normal, and I was like, oh, okay. Good to know. So, like, we work on that, you know, like, macro counting is, like, I have a very love-hate relationship with it, and that's something, like, actively struggling with right now is counting macros and, like, being, like. I can take a bite of a cookie, but, like, right now, I'm, like, openly aware, like, yeah, that will really mess with me mentally, so, like, I'm not going to do it, but Mm. I'm trying to, like, have the mentality of, like, okay, well, like, not necessarily, like, where is that going to end up on my body, but, like, is that going to, like, really screw with me mentally right now? Like, can Mm -hmm. I do, can I handle it, like, on the mental side of it? So, I'm, like, trying to find that balance of, like, is macro counting healthy or is it, like, not healthy?
3: Macro counting is where I started, where I got bad in college, and the first time I ever admitted that I had an eating disorder, actually. Um, So my freshman year of college, things worked out um, that I was playing the most on my team, which is abnormal for a freshman. Like, one girl got hurt. We had four goalies. One girl left the team. One girl got hurt. And then, so now I'm playing. But... I was macro counting and I was working out after the gym, like after practice and running the stairs and running myself to death and um, but I was happy. like I was happy I was playing like but I started macro counting and learning about all that and um, I had my fitness pal and I was always on it and my best friend, she was starting to get annoyed just frankly because I couldn't <laughs> have an apple without. Hold on, hold on one second. Right, Let me put it that's in. me right now. <laughs> and so she would make me delete it all the time, but then I would just, after we were leaving, like I'd just re download it. And then one time she, like, got in my room, and she's like, no, seriously, delete it. And, um, did she know that you
0: had an eating disorder at that point, or did she, she suspect?
3: She says that she did. And I had been talked to by my, um, by my, the sports, like the admission. No, what is it called? Sports like trainer. Sports trainer. trainer. Yeah, and she, she was the most amazing person. And um, she actually sat me down earlier that year and was like, listen, like... And all she said, she's like, I'm not going to ask you about your eating or anything, but you're working out too much. And it was more from, like, a business perspective. Like, at this point, you're the backup goalie. If Vilma gets hurt, like, you're in. So, like, you can't be running the day of a game and that was basically it so I I kind of took that in and my friend Cass was like yeah the coaches are watching you like be careful when you're going to the gym Mm -hmm. and um so I just saw it as like a business transaction you know right like I can't be tired and so Cass is in my room and she's like no seriously delete it and I was like okay and she's like no like I'm I'm watching you she gets on my bed and I was like I deleted it And then she left, and then I re-downloaded it, and then I just—I don't know what happened, but I just had like a moment, and I was like, "Wait, no! Like, I'm actually gonna try to really delete this." And I'm like holding the app down, and you know they're like, "Mm -hmm," like (laughs) getting ready, and I had a full-blown anxiety attack, and I started shaking, and like I couldn't breathe, and I was my like my conscious brain was like, "Okay, this is a problem. Why are you crying over an app?" And so I didn't delete it. I went straight to her room and I knocked on her door and I asked her to come down to the common area with me. And the first time I ever said it out loud, I looked at her and I was like, Cass, I can't I couldn't delete the app. She was like, Give me your phone. And I was like I was like, no, like and I was like, at this point couldn't speak and I was like, Cass, something's wrong with me And she was like, What do you mean? And I was like and I just blurted it out. I was like, I throw up my food and she was like okay and I was like I think I have an eating disorder and it was the first time I ever said it out loud and she just looked at me and she's like I know like I know you do and I was like
2: I feel like everyone around you knows before you know yeah and yeah. I just
3: I couldn't stop saying it I was like I have an eating disorder like I was like Trying in shock yeah. yeah and yeah. she was like she's like it's okay like she's like I'm here for you like um we're gonna get through this and I was like but you can't tell anybody like you can't tell anybody She was like okay like, I'm not gonna tell anybody And then um it continued that whole year and i was really bad in the dorm rooms like throwing up every single thing i ate and um just bad and it's a common bathroom and um so my coaches ended up taking me after a practice they're like come to the coaches room and we switched coaches that year and a lot of stuff happened but um we switched coaches that year and so, I walk into the coach's room. I think we're just going to, like, go over, like, um, some video from, like, the game before. And I look, and I see my RA in the room. Um, and then I see, like, all the coaches in there. And um, Renee, the trainer. the trainer, And they're all just sitting there. And I'm like, what's up, guys? Like, And my RA, like, I just, it's bizarre. My RA, my dorm, like, yeah. monitor is in there. And I'm like, I can't remember her name. But I was like why are you here? (laughs) And my coach just goes, she's like, "Um, people have reported you to your RA and called us. And like, we know know about it. Like, we know. And I was just sitting there and I was like, trying to play dumb. I was like, what are you guys talking about? And my RA was like, Ashley, like, so many people have reported you. And, and then my coach was like, so many people on your team are worried about you. And they're like, you look, you look tired. And they're basically just like, and my goalie coach he was basically like my dad at the in college and he like grabbed my hand and he was like kind of the only one that really showed like that he genuinely cared and he was like we we just we need you to be healthy like and then my coach snaps back and she goes okay so either you're calling your parents or we're calling your parents and you are going to therapy this is my first time ever going to therapy you're going to therapy You're on like a probation period. You're not going to practice for a month or so, and so I I just leave and I told them I'd call my parents and I leave and I'm automatically just pissed off. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm I'm doing to me, I'm doing fine. Like, I'm fine. Like, this is this is fucking bullshit. And I'm walking back to my dorm room and I call Cass and I tell her and she's like, I know they told me that they were going to tell you. And so I'm just like mad and I'm like. And then calling my mom, that was the hardest phone call I've ever had to make. Um, I call her, she's like, "Hey, what's up, honey?" I was like, "Mom," and like I was obviously like bawling at this point. I was like, "Mom, I have an eating disorder." And I thought this whole time I thought she knew. Yeah. And she, she didn't answer. I was like, "Mom, I, I have an eating disorder," and she was like, she was just like blown away and just talking to her through that and then so from there on out in college i was treated differently i was monitored i had to go to therapy um it's
2: probably hard going to therapy being forced to go to therapy and it was definitely
3: a different mindset i at first resisted it and then leaving home for that summer i was going back to alaska for the summer actually and i was told we just got a new coach and the way that they handled any mental illness it's just kind of frankly bullshit. And I was going to
0: ask were you okay with the way they handled it or were you Not at not all and there were so many girls
3: with depression um one girl got sent to the hospital because she tried to harm herself that year and but we were told about it as if she just committed a crime and she wasn't go- she's not going to be playing this amount of time mm-hmm. like she's probably going to lose her scholarship and after I came out with my eating disorder or they came out with my you, eating yeah. disorder. We had meetings after practice and I remember my our assistant coach at the time, he walks in and he's like just pissed off. He's like, "We're having a talk right now and it's with the whole entire team." And he's like, "You know what? Like so many girls want to be in your position, Division 1 players with scholarships and frankly like you guys just you guys need to stop being fucking models. Like stop trying to be fucking models." And I'm just sitting there, like this is all fresh to me. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, he's like, you guys need to stop being fucking models. Like, we have players that have put on forty pounds, and like, hockey players are known to be a little bit
0: yeah, a little bit Like, it's just the position. Yeah.
3: Like, yeah. And um, we actually had a pretty non-hockey player like team, but um, and just I just remembered like that, and just being like ashamed of like, and just being like pissed off, like, so. It was, treated poorly there and well being shamed
0: for it, yeah, being shamed shamed for right. it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah and just like it was treated as if we just got like an alcohol infraction basically and so i was watched and monitored oh so the summer i was going home <laughs> our new coach basically was like i didn't get a good first impression of you i'm like okay well you know <laughs> like i just played playoffs and like we Really good and like, <laughs> and like I'm thinking I'm making all this progress and I'm like, I'm trying I'm starting to eat a little bit more and like cut back. And um she was like, Okay, so you're gaining fifty pounds or fifteen pounds this summer and I was just like, Oh, oh my god. I was like, just and like that's just how it was. And so I came back in and I did it. I got mono that summer, so I couldn't really work out and like <laughs> But you know, like I was trying to like get better. But it wasn't for me. It was for hockey. Yeah, and so um, I ended up getting that 15 pounds that summer, and I was so pumped. And then I get there, and she's like, "Oh, I, I still just like am not feeling it from you." And that's just the attitude that it was the rest of the time. So, and once I left, like, I was just so defeated with all yeah. that. Yeah.
0: It's- did it get? Did your? Did your eating disorder get worse after that or had the counseling kind of helped enough to like keep you out of the woods or the counseling
3: my sophomore year finally i'd like really connected with my counselor and dove into that so i'd say my sophomore year i just got into this new relationship with my ex-boyfriend i was so happy like it was the best time and then he ends up getting kicked out of the school he was on the basketball team i was on the hockey team Um, he ends up getting kicked out of school and moving back to North Carolina like that January. And then I totaled my car that January. So just a bunch of shit happened. But I felt good eating-wise and I was still putting on weight. But then once all that stuff happened, I knew that I still had to put on weight. And so I was doing it and I was essentially like binging just to get it done with. Like, you know, like I was never trying to get physically better for myself like Mm -hmm. I could care less about myself at this point yeah and so after I left college I went to go be with that boyfriend and um a lot of shit happened my junior year that I was just probably the most depressed I've ever been like he was gone I was there I didn't want to be on the team anymore like I left my junior the end of my junior year I didn't go my senior year I knew I couldn't like I knew I wouldn't make it through yeah like I sounds like a lot yeah and so I go to um, North Carolina and I was like the happiest I could be like I was finally with my boyfriend again and we were living at his parents house for that summer and it's just like I was just dead set like happy and then we moved to where he was going to college now and I lived with three of his teammates for three like three years and that was the worst it's ever been in my life because things just hit the fan. I was living in a terrible situation. Um, My relationship just got toxic, but I was there alone. I was trying to make this kid grow up and Mm -hmm. like, but I was fully like in love with him. And so that's when it was like the worst of my life. And then I moved home. (laughs) So you were living with four guys. Three guys, including him. Okay, so two of, his teammates.
0: two of his two mates. Mm-hmm. Did that, um, I know, like, you know, you were living there with your significant other, but did having two other guys that maybe you felt like were. Oh, it
3: was hell on yeah. earth. Like I could that. not
2: imagine living with yeah. three guys. Like, two guys sounds like a, like one. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, one male yeah. is a lot. And it was, it was literally
3: hell on earth. And I could do a whole nother podcast on <laughs> just that. Um, Essentially, where we lived was a really dangerous town, um, completely different from, like, where his parents were living. It was just a – it's called Rocky Mount, North Carolina, and it's just a different lifestyle. And I'm from South Carolina, so I totally yeah, – Yeah, just a completely it. different <laughs> lifestyle. And this guy that I was so in love with just wasn't himself. Like, they were partying all the time, and it was cool. They were in college – so I let it slide for a long time, and I was just losing myself, basically trying to make sure he was getting his homework done, was saving enough money for the end of the week. Meanwhile, like, I have a full-time job, and um, just just a different lifestyle, you know? Just, yeah. like, physical abuse and relationships in front of totally you. Totally normal. Totally yep. normal, and I'm just supposed to sit there and act like it's cool, and yeah. then I'm gonna sit there and act like it's cool that my house that I'm paying rent at is... A frat house essentially and there's guys with guns on their hips like in my house at these parties and just our house was the only house off of their campus so it was the oh. party house oh, yeah. and it was just like it was like the trap house and it just was not a place but mm-hmm. I was holding on to him for so long and just trying to I thought he would turn out to be this he was like my end all like I saw myself like marrying this guy and just seeing it like slowly unravel but I was still trying to hold on yeah. that I just completely lost myself and once again trying to get control I completely relapsed even like harder.
1: Well, I feel like it kind yeah. of comes back to the whole identity thing like yeah. yeah. You know like you just said you envisioned your future with him and then mm-hmm. to and then to realize but not want to realize that that wasn't going to happen oh, yeah. was
0: And also, totally out of, I mean, you were in a house of chaos again. Like, Mm -hmm. you were in in a house that you did not have any control over. You did not have control of that area. I mean, when you're living with three guys that are having all their friends come and go as they please, and there's people in your house that you don't want there, I mean, you had no control. Yeah. you had to control something again. And
3: I was essentially alone there besides his family, who I'm still, like, in love with. They're the best people in the world. Isn't that how it always works, though? Yeah. (laughs) Still, like, I could not be more thankful for his family that was there. Like, when they would have parties, I would leave and go to his aunt's house, and she is an angel on Earth, and I got my two cats from that area. (laughs) So, like, like, I ended up okay. And, um, anyways... The end of our relationship, to me, happened so abruptly, but in reality, now that I can see it was a long time coming, but it happened so quick and so fast, and I ended up moving in with one of my roommate's ex-girlfriends, who, like, she's an angel on Earth, Um, but it just happened so fast, and now I'm in North Carolina alone. So this is less than a year ago? This was, yeah, this past spring. And um, it just... Finding out that he was cheating the whole time, oh and my gosh. like it's, it, my life Figuring. is a soap opera. But <laughs> so basically, like I just wasn't taking care of myself, and it's literally because I didn't care. Like one, I was running myself to death because
2: it's almost eating you lose yourself because you're trying to take care of somebody else. Uh, yeah, but
3: like the way over exercising and eating disorders. A lot of the times are kind of a form of self-harm mm-hmm. and I didn't realize this until my therapist brought it up because she asked if I could switch exercises and stop running nine miles a day I was like why I, you know I was like yeah. no but that wouldn't hurt and she was like what do you mean and I was like that wouldn't like leave me completely exhausted and she was like that's what you want right and I was just I had yeah. to exhaust myself at 5am mm-hmm. in the morning and I didn't feel like I did enough until I was hurting like my knees like and just so and I just I didn't care about my life at that point like I wasn't going to kill myself
4: mm-hmm.
3: I didn't have any plans on like killing myself but I didn't care if I died so like mm-hmm. you know like I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't look twice crossing the street yeah like but that and i honestly like was kind of hoping you know maybe an extra sleeping pill would do it you know and just like mm-hmm. but i wasn't gonna do it myself yeah but like that's how that's low how it, it was happened, with like, Lindsay, like or yeah. my
2: oldest sister because she had you know done yeah. that route like when yeah. i was doing my depression things like that's kind of i was like i'm not gonna do this but mm-hmm. yeah if i don't look for across the street and yes. that happens like yeah. i'm not mad about it yeah
1: i remember one time my counselor was like are you suicidal and i like sat there I like paused and yeah. I said no and she said why did it take you so long to say no so I don't want to kill myself the same thing it's yeah. like if I fell asleep and didn't wake up
3: I'm not gonna be upset about that yeah exactly I mean, we like, can't be upset about it, I'm just honestly. so yeah it, I'm
1: so exhausted that exactly like yeah. there's nothing left it's like I don't want to fit yeah it's like I think I it's hard to admit that or, or put those two and two together. Because mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm not suicidal. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? But then it's like, okay, but there are I'm like, not thriving versions. to live. Yeah. Either. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: I think that that particular thing, like, isn't really talked about enough. No. Like, you pretty much have to be, like, attempting in order for people to notice. Yeah. And, yeah. like, reach out and yeah. help. And, I mean, you know, sometimes you don't, you don't even notice it yourself. Like, yeah. you yeah. know, you... Could feel that way and just not even realize it till someone asks you. I <laughs> didn't
3: realize how bad I was and I don't think I've, sorry mom I know you're going to be listening <laughs> to this um, I only told my roommate um, I didn't realize how bad I was until one day I was sitting at work and I think it was after the breakup or maybe during it um, and I started writing a suicide note and I don't know but I couldn't stop And i don't know what it was and i wrote it and i knew i had therapy that night and i put it i was writing it at my desk and i'm not even like crying doing it i'm just doing it like i was so numb at this point the only time i could feel something was whether i was drunk or running or anything like i just i had so many emotions and i was feeling things so Deeply, but I wasn't feeling anything. But you were empty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was just so tired of crying at this point, and um, so I'm, I'm writing it, and it was about like three pages long, and I just put it, and I'm at work, like my boss is behind me, and I put it, I crumple it up, and I put it in my pocket, and then I go to therapy. She's like, "So how was today?" And I was like, "Um, you know, it was a good day. <laughs> I wrote a, <laughs> like, it was a good day." Um. And by the way I wrote a suicide note. <laughs> and she I I love her to death and she was just like what? She's like can you rewind that and stop talking for a second? And I was like um and I wrote a suicide note. And she was like okay, like do you have it on you? And I was like um if mm-hmm. I say I do like are you and I was what genuinely are the next worried. Steps? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I was like if I say I do like are you going to because I was Googling on the way there. <laughs> I was Googling on the way there, like, when does your counselor have to report you? Mm-hmm.
1: And, oh. And so, okay. yeah. And I think so, they disclose that at the beginning. Like, they do. Like, it's confidential unless... Mm-hmm. Unless right. they have a yeah. 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 Right. And so
3: I'm like, so... I'm not going to say I have it, but, like, what... Are you going to call the cops, basically, mm-hmm. right now? And she was like, she was like well, do you want to kill yourself? And I was like, yes, but I'm... Um, I'm not going to and she was like okay do you have a plan to do it do you have the means to mm-hmm, do it mm-hmm. um, and those are like the questions right. and yeah. she was like and so I answered no to all of them and she was like okay and so she read it to me and then I like asked for, for it back for some reason and she was like no I'm like <laughs> yeah. and I just like saying that out loud like I wrote a suicide note like it was just like she read it out loud to you no she sat there and she read it and then she kind of broke it down okay for me and like hearing her like say my words was mm-hmm. just like
0: i was gonna say i feel like that would be so. if if there was anything that she could have done i feel like that i mean obviously she knows what to do yeah. that's I, to hear it from somebody else yeah what you wrote down has got to be really like
3: it was powerful yeah. i
0: mean yeah.
3: and so i was just that was when i realized like this shit is out of control mm-hmm. and I called my mom, finally, and my mom, this whole time, she came to help me move out of these guys' house, and, um, you know, the whole time, she's like, please just move home, like, please just move home, like, why are you there, but I love my job there so much, and, you know, I wasn't gonna give up, like, right. yeah. I'm here for a reason, like, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't lived at home in so long, like, I'm not going back to Alaska, like, and the you, stigma
2: of Fairbanks, Alaska, yeah, and I was just yeah. like, no,
3: like, fuck this place, and, but then I was like, Thinking about it, I think on the way home after that day, and I was like, wait, literally all my best friends, like, I have two amazing girlfriends in Rocky Mount, and I will forever be grateful, to, like, for what they did for me, and um, they'll always be like my sisters, but I was like, all my best friends are, like, actually still in Alaska, and my parents, and, like, I love going home, so finally I just cracked, and I was like, mama, moving home, and that was, like, the day everything kind of changed, and, like, it was finally,
2: like, a light you know right mm-hmm. the end of the tunnel but so are you so like what when did your like relapse and I guess like when you made that decision you were going to go home or like when did you realize like hey I'm starting to have your like my problems again
3: um you know I would say honestly I'm in a little bit of a relapse right now but not I don't know like with an eating disorder it's not yeah it's a never-ending cycle but at that point I think about a month before I went home like I was happy and knew I was going home and then I came here and some stuff happened at home and I just started you know and you know just I just didn't know what I was doing I'm back at home at my parents house and kind of just trying to figure out my shit but essentially like uh, I'm, like, in a relapse right now a little bit. Like, I'm struggling. Um, what is a relapse for you? Just, it, like, what do you it consider looks completely a relapse? different each time. I would say right now I'm really obsessive about my food and about making sure that I'm getting, like, I'm doing programs right now, which has been the most helpful thing working out-wise for me, taking away kind of that
2: control of doing it myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. help. I stopped making my own yeah. workout plans, and I'm following yeah. a different plan. And holy cow, it makes my yeah. life just—I feel like a weight has been lifted yeah. off my shoulders. And like, I
3: went to school for nutrition, and I want like that is a huge passion for me. But kind of, I would—I love helping other people, but I know I can't be in control of myself. Like, I'm not, I am not—I don't mm-hmm. trust me. Having an eating disorder is living. This is the best way, like, I can describe it to people. It's living with an abusive best friend in your head. Or an abusive boyfriend, like, in your head consistently. Like, half my thoughts aren't mine. And that sounds... Yeah, no, I know exactly yeah. what you mean,
2: though. It's not you saying it. It's, that, like, that little voice in your head that's, Yeah, like...
3: but mine is a extremely strong voice and had been the most powerful voice in my head. Like... So, my therapist and I... I was just going to ask, like, do you have a name? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, I had this girl in elementary school that wasn't the nicest to me, and now she's, like, one of my really good friends, so I'm sorry. Um, But my therapist said, name it somebody that was mean to you, Mm -hmm. and so her name is Hannah. (laughs) I don't know if she's going to listen to this and even know which Hannah it is, but... There are so, a lot of Hannahs. There yeah, there's so many. <laughs> um, so it's her name's Hannah, and that sounds so crazy saying that out loud. But it helps so much giving it a name. Totally. Mm-hmm. Giving it a name because then then you're separating it yeah, from yourself. I'm separating it from myself, and I can tell my friends about it. And my mm-hmm. parents know about it. So mm-hmm. when I'm saying stuff out loud, like I can't, like this outfit, like I just I'm having a bad day. My mom will be like, "Is that Hannah or Ashley?" Mm-hmm. And for, wow, that's super helpful. Yeah. Like, and for um, so long, Hannah was my personality, and that's who I thought I was. Like, And Ashley had just been shoved down so deep, and I was just such an empty shell of a person for so long. And, I mean, I remember just even in elementary school just being depressed. I didn't know what it was until, like, I learned about it, but being depressed and feeling like a shell of a person. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I relate to that.
2: I mean, I feel like I the – the. I won't be shy to say I was the mean, a mean little kid. <laughs> also we, you know, and I feel like that is also like, anger is a secondary emotion, I feel like you we were hiding something, mm-hmm. like starting at such a young age and then it like is, then it forms into something like yeah. what, you know, we deal with and like yours is the eating disorder. For me, it's the body dysmorphia and, like...
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, how... Do you have a plan, like, moving forward? Like, how... I mean, is it a plan to just keep going to counseling? Yeah. My plan
2: is to keep going to counseling, and, um, honestly, it sounds silly, but my plan is to not have a plan. Mm -hmm. I am extremely, like I said earlier, like, I'm just a raging control freak, and I feel like that, you know, on, like, some OCD tendencies, like, Mm -hmm. Sundays, like, I spent the whole day figuring out like, what i was going to eat that week what my workouts were going to be like just obsessing over it and it would take like that whole day but if i didn't do it on sunday the whole week went to shit yeah, and then yeah. i would stress all week long i'm like okay well blah. so like now i'm just i have a like the app i follow like they have workouts for them and like you know, like i'm may have my workouts geared a little bit more towards like high intensity workouts so that way like I'm going to Michigan in two days like I'm trying to look good so like I'm trying and I'm trying to find like it's just hard for me to find this balance between like you know that voice in my head and I should probably name her I don't
1: know do you <laughs> want to, I was gonna say do Krista. you want to name her yeah. now I don't, know, Krista, I don't know I don't know yeah. wait
2: who do I really not yeah. I don't I, don't, I
1: hmm. feel like subconsciously though you are aware yes and I'm so super you know yeah you might have to fight it every day but your, your, uh, yeah, your awareness is a lot. Mm-hmm.
2: It's, yeah, instead of suppressing it and just being like, mm-hmm. I have, or like being in denial, like because my sister is bipolar and like has had all those issues, like I never wanted a label on myself. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That besides being like a fitness person or being a soccer player or whatever, like I never wanted a label. And so it took me even just to like recognize that the like eating disorder tendencies, like I was calling them control issues until like a couple weeks ago because I just like couldn't fathom like me like I have these like tendons like eating disorder tendencies and she's like and heavy like the body dysmorphia like and like body dysmorphia is the one that just kills me and it really started when you brought up your ex-boyfriend I was like oh I know exactly (laughs) the moment like not the moment because it leads up to it but y'all are gonna be like oh I tell (laughs) you this I already know but I had an ex-boyfriend who was extremely emotionally and like mentally abusive, mm-hmm. constantly, like, why, you, you you know, you should do your makeup, you're so pretty Mm-mm. when you do your makeup, why don't you have your hair done, like, you should it's wear it, like, <laughs> yeah. literally, no, like, and no because nice. I was so young and naive, and, like, he wanted me, but, like, kind of gave me that push, so I was constantly, like, trying to, like, pull him towards me. Well, again, me trying and, to like, get his attention, like, yeah, what do I have
1: to do, exactly right? and, in order for you to,
2: you know, like, sorry, yeah, sorry, mom, if you hear this, because I was young, like, 17, but we... Was I seventeen? Yeah, we had, you know, just done the deed, and he looks me up and down and was like, "You know, you would be so hot mm. if you were fit." Yeah. And I literally just like dropped my mouth, and I was like, and he's like, "Oh my god, that came out so wrong!" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. No shit, yeah, that, that came that was out terrible, way actually." And so, like, from then on out, and that was a couple months after, like, my best friend had passed away, and so then I was already just like on this whole roller co- never had dealt with grief in my life before, and I'm yeah. having to deal with depression and, like, all this stuff, and then he puts that on me, and then I, like, got into fitness, and, like, that's when my fitness journey started, but it was, like, so unhealthy, and when I got a yeah. coach for, like, um, doing bodybuilding shows, he was like, you're severely under-eating. Yeah. I was eating, like, 750 calories a day, oh, but I was thinking that I was eating lot. a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, I'm eating, like, nothing like rice cakes or salads yeah. like all the time. And like, that was what I thought health was. And I'm you know, looking at bodybuilding.com, like, yeah. you know, looking at yeah. stuff and I'm like, eh, or like, and we broke up because I sent him, well, huh, this is not why we broke up. <laughs> Lots of reasons why we broke up, but like, you know, I had sent him a photo of a before and after. I had spent like four months working my ass off to try it. And he had never once said like, I can Praised tell, you like, or, yeah. you're doing I mean, good. Like nothing, like nothing. And I sent him a before and after, and he responds with, I think I've seen this before. And I literally was like, yeah, no, you haven't, because I just made it, and I'm done. Like, I, I was, like, so over it. I yeah. was just, that was, and I can guarantee you. If he's listening to this, he'll be like, that's not how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> literally, any time something happened in our relationship, he had some idea of how it went down, and then there was how it went down. Yeah. Granted, there's three sides to everything, but, like...
0: It's well narcissists normally can't uh, see anyone else's side oh so. yeah you <laughs> said it not me so. <laughs> but, but yeah so that
2: definitely was my uh, the trigger to be like super lean your and, starting like, point oh yeah to yeah. try and like really gain control over the nutrition and everything cause yeah. I mean it's definitely a battle I feel like I'm just now getting into like a recovery phase and my counselor is like kind of warned me she's like you're gonna be on a high for a while and she's like no, like you might come down from that yeah. and like know how to handle it when it mm-hmm. happens because yeah. my my grandma's gonna pass away here soon and so that's what we've been talking about and she's like just I'm a little worried that you're gonna like kind of backtrack a little bit and I'm like yeah I can feel it happening but I'm like trying to overcome Krista now that we just yes mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm trying to really like tell Krista to like kind of f off yeah and just yeah. be like when I wake up with those thoughts like even if it takes me like an hour and a half to like get over those thoughts, like I'm that whole hour and a half, I'm like, this is not what you're seeing. Like yeah. for yeah. me it's when I look in the mirror and I see my stomach, like that is just like the end of the world. I could spend I do spend like a substantial amount of time just critiquing. And that's like the body dysmorphia is picking a spot and like obsessing over it and like I don't go out I don't wear certain things I've been here with my hands over my stomach like mm-hmm. the whole time like that's just how I am and I wear sweatshirts at 75 degrees and like yeah I'm trying so hard not to lately like because it's been like 90 degrees <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm like, no. yeah I can't wear this sweatshirt right now but like I'm just so uncomfortable in my own skin but I'm trying to be like comfortable being uncomfortable and mm-hmm. being like oh yeah what I like I can't say like I know I look like an average person Because like that's not how I feel But I'm very aware That like, that's, when, how yeah, yeah, that's how yeah.
0: other people see me. Yeah
2: that's how other people see me And like you know it doesn't help When someone's like oh no you look fine Yeah, No you're beautiful don't yeah, think right. like that It's like please take a step back And understand that there's like Way more to it or this one I understand people like want to be like Relate everyone wants to relate With everybody I like feel yeah. like so when I post stuff They're like yeah girl me too I'm like, yeah, if that's how you really feel, like, yeah, let's talk about it. But don't just be like, yeah, girl, me too. Yeah. Like, that's something that, like, I don't know Or why at least it bothers- you don't look
0: like me. Yeah, or-, or Yeah, or something like that. Yeah.
2: It's like, yeah. I don't know why the, yeah, me too, like, really bothers me. Because I did a, yeah, me too, to you. <laughs> like, I don't think I actually did it. But, yeah. like, in my head, yeah. I was like, yeah, me too. Like,
0: <laughs> you know. It's tough, yeah. though, because I feel like, you know, everyone has their own exactly. issues. Yeah. And it's... Everybody looks different. Yeah, and and we all have different, like, you know, issues with our own selves. Yeah. I mean, there's – when you're struggling and you're going through something, and especially if you feel like, you know, your problem isn't something that people can see on the yeah. outside. Yeah. And so when you say it and someone's like, oh, yeah, me too, like, it, it's like it's not a big deal. Yeah. It's yeah. like, no, this shit takes over my life. Like, you <laughs> yeah. don't understand what I'm struggling yeah. with. And yeah. What, I guess – what would be helpful is what would you like for people to say my first thought is like i'm so sorry that you have to struggle with that every day i i mean that's i can't i can't relate because i don't go through the exact same thing i totally have my own body image issues but not to the extent so i would never say yeah me too to you but But I it it makes me sad. Like I'm very sorry that you have to go through that every day and I hope that, you know, there's something there's a light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. and, and you yeah. can get through it. But is there so, is has there ever been something that somebody has said that you're like, Oh, thankful thank God <laughs> yeah. someone said it, you know? Like
2: Um Just like I guess support. Like if I like put something out there and instead of being like, Yeah, me too, just being like, Yeah, dude, like kill it. Like you've got it, like because, I, I mean, I I don't like to isolate and be like, oh, this is, like, I'm alone in this. But, like, at the end of the day, it is yours. Like, it's your battle with yourself that you are alone, quote-unquote, yeah. with. So, like, don't – I don't really like saying, like, yeah, I understand, blah, blah, Like, yeah, I feel that. Like, I, I see where you're coming from with s- it. Empathize. Yeah, empathizing with me instead yeah. of, like, trying to be like, yeah, same Totally, like, yeah. Well,
0: I know exactly what you're going for. Yeah, and I feel like
2: bias Morphia is super, like – not quite understood. It's, like, people are like, yeah, I have body image issues. Like, oh, I have body dysmorphia. I'm, like...
0: There's so many different levels to it. There's still levels to it. To it and yeah. there's, like,
2: spectrums. And it's just, like, yeah, it could be. But, like, if you really think that... And, like, of course, I'm one to say it because it took me 10 years to go see somebody. But I'm, like, go talk to somebody.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, yeah. you know, I thought I, like... Never in a million years would I thought, like, my obsession over the numbers in the food was an eating disorder.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, or its tendencies. And so yeah. I'm, like, oh... That kind of like hit me in a way. I was like, "No, I
0: just,
2: <laughs> yeah." I look at a tortilla and I see eighteen carbs. That's yeah, bad.
0: like yeah. <laughs> that's like yeah. not
2: normal. Yeah, but
0: and I, you're probably like every girl feels this way. Yeah. Like I literally is...
2: thought that it was normal. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, it is really hard. Um, you know, we do live in a diet culture and all that stuff. And so it is very hard to, one, find balance because we do want to be healthy people and Mm -hmm. I do love fitness and I do love nutrition and I want... It can be abused very quickly. Yeah, and it Mm -hmm. can be abused, but it's such a beautiful thing. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I think, like you said, she's aware Mm -hmm. and I think that's the biggest thing. So I can say that I'm in a relapse right now, but I still have more control and I can identify that Hannah's talking and it's not me. Yeah. And, you know, I may be like, struggling right now but I can still be a just genuinely be aware which that is I couldn't say that a year ago a year ago I wanted my life to end and I thought this was Hannah was me and Mm -hmm. I thought this was what I had forever but I've seen light within the past like year Mm -hmm. and so that's what makes me want to like keep on striving and I know like it's never gonna end just like depression or anxiety or anything it's You're going to have that forever, and you're going to go through different relapses. And just like your counselor said, highs and lows. But, like, now – You're
1: well-equipped to deal with it. Exactly.
3: Like, I feel like a low that I would go through right now, if that would have happened a year ago, I would have been off the wall. Right. But now, you know, like, I can still acknowledge that sucks. The situation (laughs) sucks. But, like, it's not the end of the world um and I can still struggle with my eating and but just be more patient with yourself and you ask like what do you want from other people yeah. and I don't want you to understand it just like I don't expect you to because I know eating disorders and any mental disorder is there's so many different variables and so many different types like I
2: mean, even if it was like we're completely different yeah but,
3: like yeah like there's so many different types and there's orthorexia and there's a million different words for everything. And I mean, I, it can be helpful to have that defined for somebody, but I don't know. Like, you don't need to understand. Just be compassionate with me. And I feel like the more people I've told and made aware, like within my close circle, they can hold me accountable. And they're not sitting there watching like every single thing that I put right. in my mouth. Like, they're just, I tell them what my tendencies are. And when I'm really high, I can tell everybody about my eating disorder. And I can share yeah. what it is and what I do when I'm doing it. And then so when I'm really low and I think I'm being a sneaky little bitch, <laughs> then, you know, like, they, they're equipped to call me out on shit. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, just being there. And for me, what helps me the most is holding me accountable and keeping me distracted. Or stuff, you know, like, so sometimes, um, like my mom will keep me at the dinner table, just a little bit longer, you know, you know, kind of try to yeah. hold conversation just a mm-hmm. little bit longer. And I know, I know that's what she's doing, yeah. And you know, sometimes I can sneak around it, but like, just little stuff like that. And like that's, but at the end of the day, like you can't expect anybody to understand. And I tried, I wanted like my ex-boyfriend so bad to get it and that's a lot of like pressure to put on one person too it is and you know so just being compassionate and just I feel like my best friends are actually like the most amazing people they have tried to like research it more you know because they're like dude I don't struggle with this at all like right I love my food I can eat it whenever I Mm -hmm. want like they don't have second thoughts about it but like they are willing to do the research because they care and like that is that's the most like inspiring thing to me you know Mm -hmm. it's just like trying to understand it yeah Yeah. i I think finding a circle too like just having a
2: circle like i'm still definitely finding my um like support group like because like i said it's taken me a long time to get places with my family so like they're a support group for certain things so right now I just like I'm still trying to understand everything so yeah. I'm like you're I've I kind of pushed I've told them about it they know what's going on but you know in the back of my head I still feel like do they think I'm doing this for like an attention thing or like yeah. do they believe me like yeah. and I'm second guessing myself and like but you know I have three like of really good friends that you know like one of them she also suffers with eating disorders but she had really no idea until I called her out on it when I was yeah. talking to her I was like dude You haven't eaten in, like, three days. And she's, like, I know. And I was, like, yeah, I know you know. And, like, we talked about it. And, like, she's, like, kind of wanting to, like, steer towards the help. So that's who I can, like, talk to about it. Because she, like, will call me on my shit so fast. And, like, I have other, like, you know, Maya, shout out to Maya. (laughs) Because she is my life and savior. (laughs) Because she calls me out on it. And, like, or she, like, won't let me, like, have those thoughts, like, when I'm trying to have those thoughts and have conversations, like, Krista comes up, and she's like, well, this is why it's like this, and this is why I have to do this, and then, like, they're like, no, like, and then I come back, I'm like, yes, you're right, like, and, like, having to work through that, like, that support group is, yeah, hard to find, and key Mm -hmm. for sure.
3: There's definitely, I mean, for anybody, like, my dad deals with depression and anxiety, so just understanding how he, when he's in those like spells understanding how he works
4: mm-hmm. like
3: when i'm in my shit when i'm super depressed or in a really bad relapse like i just want to be left alone and
4: mm-hmm.
3: kept to myself and secretive and you know like my mom knows that and she can pick that up and she's super aware of it and she lets it go for a little bit because she knows like if i have a super stressful day and i'm just mentally just worn down She'll let me go to bed super early because that's the only way I know how to handle mm-hmm. shit besides running and throwing up and right. controlling my food. Yeah. Like That's the one way that I'm – the only semi-healthy way that I know how I'm feeling like shit right now, I'm going to do something bad. I'm going to do something bad at the end of the day. Just I'll go to sleep. Just go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, like, she lets that happen. But it's also – that's a cycle, too. Then you just want to sleep. It's like, Right. Yeah. And so she'll she'll let it happen for a little bit and then she'll be like all right now get your shit together like get up. And so just having people understand the way you work mm-hmm. is so important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure.
0: I think that's
1: what we kind of hope for with the podcast cuz I think it's pretty like, all this stuff is, is crazy, right? And you don't, like, wish anybody would have to mm-hmm. go through this. But at the same time, I think you realize once you are comfortable enough to open up about it, you realize just how many people close to you mm-hmm. also deal with the same thing, mm-hmm. which which inspires them and gives them permission to accept how they are and mm-hmm. who they are. And so I think that's our goal for this is to, like, totally. create a community mm-hmm. of you know, a variety of people, but just to understand, like, you're perfectly fine the way that you are, even with your struggles.
3: I wish I would have known younger
2: Mm -hmm. that everyone struggles. uh,
3: Yeah, I wish I would have known that those thoughts were what they were, so the education on it. I wish I would have heard somebody else's story before, and I think it would have maybe not saved, like, I don't need saving, but, you know, maybe just education on everything.
1: But I mean, this is a really yeah. good point because you didn't even know, but yeah. that's how she decided to yeah, like move forward. So I think, yeah,
0: that's really, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, that's our whole, that's our whole goal with the podcast is, is not just, um, you know, we get to talk to people <laughs> and learn and like meet new people and, uh, and move forward, but it brings awareness to anything that we're talking about Mm -hmm. and every single person we're talking to so far is is just people in our everyday lives that we know and it's just like everybody has something going on Mm -hmm. and I think it really helps other people to know that they're you know just everybody out there is dealing with something and maybe they're dealing with the same thing you are and I think it makes them feel like you're not alone I mean that obviously I mean you saw her post and that yeah. kind of brought it like to light for you, which is really
2: powerful yeah. and
0: really awesome. Yeah, I hope
2: you feel like I hope. you know, when <laughs> I mean, you, when that comes stuck yeah. around, like I yeah. want like my mind's not necessarily a disorder, but I've been like trying to Google by I just want be awareness weeks and stuff, and like yeah. I just like, yeah, you brought to light, and that helped me a lot. Yeah,
3: I think if I was to say like an end note is like you don't have to be looking like a certain way. Mm-hmm. I mean. Especially, yes. I, we know depression, anxiety, they don't have a face. You can be the happiest person you know. we all. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. Eating disorders are the exact same thing. You can be anorexic and overweight. You can be bulimic and underweight. You can be bulimic and overweight. Like, they don't have a face. Mm-hmm. And I know that, to anybody that is, like, struggling with it, like, you don't have to be look deathly sick to be sick. That was what I struggled with, too. And that is the hardest part, and that's what you're... Anna is telling you consistently is you don't look sick you're, you're faking it and so your brain is going to try to convince you that you're not deathly sick you're fine wouldn't really no you're just as sick as an underweight person or a, obese person like your brain is hurting like, right mm-hmm. that's like the one thing that if i could say anything about eating disorders is it doesn't matter how you like, look physically it's your relationship with food it's your relationship with like your body and eating disorders are not about looking a certain way they're about control and they're about something deeper than like
2: way deeper than and just people that eating. don't
3: understand them need to know like they're not it's not a vein disease at all like people yeah, with I eating would... disorder it's not glamorous it's not elegant it's terrible it's isolating and
2: like, it is so yeah. many
3: misconceptions and just if you need help reach out to somebody and, like, it
2: doesn't have to be, like, a counselor. Tell Just tell somebody and you'll be so surprised, like.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Telling someone, like, that first, It makes like, it real. It makes it really real and it makes it, you have to face it because you were, like, I mean, like, I, have like, reached out to you about, like, I was, like, yeah, thanks, but like, you're, like, I mean, I'd mentioned it to, like, friends, but, I mean, you're just, you casually say it, so then they casually, like, kind of brush it off, but, like, you know, you're out there posting and, like, this podcast is going to come out and people are going to hear it and we're just going to be, like. I hope someone reaches out to us the way I reached out to you, just like be like, Mm -hmm. hear it and have them face it and be like, "We're a hand here for you too." Mm
0: -hmm. Definitely. Um, Well, I mean, thank you guys both for coming in and talking and telling your stories. Like, I'm amazed by both (laughs) of (laughs) of you. (laughs) Um, And I, we always try to end on. A little bit lighter of a note. So Mm -hmm. normally we ask, you know, normally we only have one person and we ask them like, Do you have a funny story about us? But since you've known each other for so long, do either of you have a funny story about each other? (laughs) Or each other's
2: siblings?
3: (laughs) What is yours? You
2: have one? Like like, I was just thinking of a time when we I don't know if we were at soccer practice, but we were in like you were in goal and Ashley. Might have been a really good goalie in hockey, but like, soccer, like not so much. And, like she like has her arms out and her legs out. Like yeah, she was like people are kicking and she's like with her legs. Like she's like, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm just gonna do my two on hockey, and I'm just like I just remember laughing and I thought it was so funny. And, like, that's like something I just distinct- at Randy Smith, like the yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I, can't I remember. See that. No. Yeah. No,
3: I can't remember a specific one, but you're yeah, definitely, that's
2: like, a, a family member I to like, me. Yeah, yeah, I was, I, yeah I was, I've i known you for so long. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I know anything of Karen. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think the history think needs to be told. <laughs> yeah.
0: <I don't> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Um, if you do want anyone to reach out to you, do you want to give your – where they can find you on social media? Yeah, like right
3: now. Yeah. yeah oh. <laughs> um okay, I think my Instagram is at a like, well, Wilkes check. one. I think so.
2: Which is a w i l k
3: 0 One. one. Zero
2: one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. Um my Instagram is at N swaffer N S W O F F E R.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. And we'll put that in the show notes too, so that you know it's Clickable. Clickable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yay. Thank
1: Yay. you. Bye. Nice. <laughs> hey MMs, thanks for joining us once again on Mental Maintenance Monday. We wanted to take time to
0: remind you that your story deserves to be told. That's right. And you can always reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Mental M Podcast, or email us at mmpodcast1 at gmail.com. We love you. Bye.